Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about link building, how you can earn backlinks to your website, because we have many different methods today. You can buy, you can earn, you can get, you can uh, back someone, you know, to get these backlinks. I, I don't recommend the last one, but it's up to you. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Dmitry. How are you, man? Good. How are you? How are you? I check out your profile. You have extended experience about this topic. Yeah, I'm good because I'm in tiny Florida right now. And uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and you uh, had the conversation with Neil Patel, you know, yeah, uh, he's he's very nice guy, you know, I uh, I, I had this uh, speech with him, you know, yeah, uh, yeah he, he can share a lot of valuable insights. Before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to pay a lot of attention with link building. Links have basically shown to, you know, uh, rank and uh, rank good. So when people mm -hmm. are talking about ranking on Google, they think about building links. Um, I started in 2007 uh, when things were a lot different uh, and I could go out and just pay people to link to me or ask them to link to me and people would be okay with it. Uh, this was the days of reaching out cold and saying, hey, can you just link to me and I'll give you $50 and, or can I write on your site for $100? And that actually worked. Like Google didn't discredit those kind of links. And then they had all sorts of PBNs and somewhat shady things that people did where people would take over sites and stuck, I don't know, put a lot of links into them. And that has matured so much since um, 2007. And yeah, I've, I've been pretty obsessed with this whole link building uh, and PR in general, because my trajectory, you know, we've been through a number of startups, um, three acquisitions in total, and all of that because of PR. And so because links and PR have been so good to me, I just stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I started to learn more about PR the last time because um, I had a client, big client, you know, it's like bank and um, and yeah, uh, financial services. And we found that many competitors have backlinks from Bloomberg, uh, Nasdaq, many other recognizable authoritative websites, and all of them are PR campaigns, you know, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we decided to find PR specialists who can handle the process, who can uh, help to get this backlinks because you know for in my agency i always uh, cooperate with other specialists in my niche for example if i'm good with uh, one spe special technique uh, it's hard uh, to figure out how other works yeah you need to take time to get experience so we delegate this task with others uh, nothing wrong with that and you know you mentioned about this shady techniques i remember when uh, in 2012 i started uh, uh, no, that was actually like 2010. Um, I used one strategy. I bought more backlinks than my competitors had, and we outrank all of them. You know, 
I just uh, check out, okay, my competitors have 10 links. I bought 30 links, you know, and we are trying them. That worked well today. I don't recommend the strategy. It doesn't work. <laughs> and uh, Google penalized uh, our website in, in 2012. That was my first filtering. Uh, I didn't know what to do, what's going on. <laughs> uh, that means I need to change something to adapt to new challenges. And yeah, during the time, we started to learn more about link building. Okay, can you tell? How to find the right link build strategy today? Uh, for example, if someone want to jump on this field to earn authoritative links, where to start? What to do first? Sure. Yeah, it really depends on the industry and what makes sense for that industry. So uh, somebody that I know really well, they just took a company public. If company went public November 2021, the stock has gone down since then. And so what they're trying to do is do the right kind of PR so people buy more of the stock that just went public. Um, and what happens is that through keyword analysis, and this is the first part of actually doing any kind of PR or SEO or link building is really figuring out what topic you wanna to rank for, right? Um, we did some top some research and we found that the, the actual ticker and the word stock after it. So like virtual stock or whatever that company's name is, virtual link stock. Um, it's not, there's their ranking on the second page of Google for that ticker and the word mm -hmm. stock next to it. So uh, what they needed to do is just create a page for virtual ink stock, make the best piece of content out there for that topic and then work on PR initiatives to get backlinks to that specific piece of content. And then they would outrank their competitors. Their competitors are whoever's ranking above them. They rank number 13 with their homepage, which doesn't have anything about their stock. It's mainly about the company. So their task is to create a virtual link stock page and then get backlinks to that and also create the best piece of content. How do you do that? You look at weaknesses and problems with who's already outranking you. So you look at sites like Stockwits or you know, different types of like stock overview type of company, like blogs, and you're just looking at weaknesses and problems in that content. And so what they did is they did Seeking Alpha, for example, or Stockwits, these, these over kind of generalized sites that are reviewing their stock, they said, we're going to do a better job reviewing our stock. We're going to give actual face uh, to the stock. So the, 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 they're going to show what they do, how they do it, where they see it going. And also some of the things that people didn't know, like their partnerships with Apple and these big brands that weren't in the articles that are ranking above them. So they create this page and then they have the best content. So they capitalize on those weaknesses on all those competitors. And that's where you start creating links to this page. The first part is internally linking from your own site. So showing Google that, hey, you think it's the most precious, most valuable page on your site. So getting 10, 15 links internally from your own site. The second part is, of course, the external part. And that's where the topic comes in. So if the page is about the stock itself and different aspects of partnerships and where the stock will be going, then you're going to go to all those people that have the weakness. They don't have those specific examples or parts in their articles and asking them, hey, can you add this example that I listed in here? And in return, we'll promote your article or something like that. 
Um, a lot of linking that happens these days should be natural. So in, in, in other terms, it needs to get clicks. So if you're sticking a link somewhere and you're convincing somebody and it's like you're wrestling them, you're arm wrestling them to get that link, chances are it's not going to help you, right? So you need to put that link into a piece of content that's actually going to improve that piece of content. So sometimes it's creating new content. Sometimes it's asking the publication to write a piece of content and paying them a lot of money to do it on a specific topic um, to it. And it's called sponsored content. Uh, sometimes it's a do not follow link, but it's a, you know, it's still a valuable link for you. Um, it really depends on the specific example. In this case, what we did is we ended up going to specific blogs that were reviewing our stock and just opening their eyes up saying, hey, you missed 60% 60, 60 of information around our stock when you reviewed it. You forgot these six partnerships. You forgot to name, name these milestones we hit and all these other things. So please, you know, reference our page here that has all the data and please, you know, update your article. And that worked really mm -hmm. well. We're a publicly listed company on NASDAQ. Um, everybody updated it and, you know, our page started climbing. Um, so it's a little combination of PR and SEO is when, um, when you're thinking about link building. Mm -hmm. Can you share uh, about technical aspect? For example, uh, if I want to uh, NASDAQ or uh, uh, Bloomberg, uh, I need to reach out to them. Uh, to find the right uh, person uh, who is responsible for that, uh, to give a strong reason, you know, uh, why they need to do it, you know, to update this content. Uh, and um, yeah, can you provide technical spell how to find the right person, personalize the message and uh, give the strong reason uh, that it's better to uh, update the article and link to my content? Yeah, sure. I, would, I do this a lot with our students um, and a lot of our customers. So I would say that um, when you reach out to somebody, you need to give value upfront. So you cannot be asking them to do something for you. So in the introductory message, you're always trying to understand the person, understand what drives them and give them value. So if it's a blog and you know that they're trying to rank for a keyword, right? And you know that it's like, for example, we reached out to a number of personal finance blogs, right? These people are just, there's a team of three people. So you take a look and you say, well, this is a team of four, three people running a blog. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to say, all right, you guys are ranking really low for this keyword. I'm writing a new article and I'd love to include your article in my write-up and therefore help you rank. What do you say mm -hmm. to that, right? It's a much easier response than, hey, can you please promote me because you don't know me, but I want a promotion. So you would ask them and they would respond and you might, you know, write that article later and promote them, but that's how you would start a conversation. If it's something like a university or a government website, then the it's, it's a much different approach. So you're trying to find somebody who is an assistant in communications or marketing sections. So for example, .gov sites have a lot of broken links or outdated references. And you, you a lot of times getting a link from that is very powerful. So you wanna uh, reach out to an assistant communications or marketing and mention that you, know, you see there's a problem with what they have on their site and it's a government publicly facing site. 
and you just want to improve it with better resources, who is the right person to chat with? Um, so you're more like a helpful type of approach where you're like, all right, I need to help this government website, this university website to convey the knowledge to their readers a little better. Um, so it really depends on the person. There's no one for all. And that's why those, um, all those outreach.io and all these other, <laughs> those services that are, you're, you get a bunch of people into one list. And you email all of them and say, hey, I'd love to, to chat with you. I'd love to guest post on your site. I'd love for you to, to put a link in. Everybody and their mother is doing it. And that's why it's so ineffective right now, right? Because it, it's not that personalized. I prefer much less links, but much more quality links. And a lot of people just are not, um, they don't get it yet. It's, it's still uh, a new thing for the majority of people, I feel like. People kind of nod their heads. But nobody's really practicing on, on it because it's like quality over quantity is like a nice thing to hear. But most people do not actually implement it. Most people just go back to like, well, I'll just revise my list and still shoot out this this thing to like 100 people. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, I like to get uh, emails, for example, when someone reached out to me and share uh you know, I can see you love fashion. You, you are uh, passionate about that. What? I have one t-shirt, you know. <laughs> That's it, you know. All my fashion is there. My wife, yeah, she, she likes to spend time by shopping. But me? No way. It, it costs $4, you know. <laughs> Not $4. So, yeah. Uh, I know about spam messages. I get them every day, everywhere. It's not only in the mail, on LinkedIn, everywhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, can you tell how to find the right email? For example, if I want to reach out, uh, we have a bunch of tools, but uh, most of them, I don't know. It's like uh, when you uh, are looking for emails, we can uh, get different emails uh, from diff uh, different tools. And uh, how to know that this email is correct or uh, probably have the biggest chance, highest chance that this email is correct. Can you tell more about that? Yeah. So I use a combination of just research. So like I'm reaching out to four or five people. I run a small business tools blog called smallbiz.tools. And um, I'm constantly looking for links or articles in there. And so... Uh, for example, um, a lot of the stuff, initial outreach that I do, I tend to try to use LinkedIn over generic email because email has gotten so busy and a lot of people are doing those um, group messages where they're trying to send it to tons of people at once. Um, so LinkedIn, it always gets into, into the inbox. Um, you can use the paid product, which allows you to do the messaging, or you can just not, and you can still actually email people by connecting with them. Um, it's the email address itself. You can use different methods. So like you can look at like tools like Hunter and Snow and all these other tools that basically pick up the generic syntax of the email. And then from there, you can see which one fits for that person. A lot of times on the contact page or somewhere else, you can just find the actual syntax of that person. But if it's a really tough one, I would usually either use LinkedIn or Twitter or like a social media to start a conversation. 
uh, and not waste insane amounts of time trying to guess emails. I mean, I, I guessed Ashton Kutcher's email and I emailed him back in 2008 and I got a response. And I used to spend days guessing people's emails. I had like a, a script and, and everything for this. And these days I'm not too, too obsessed with it. I usually I'd look to see who I know who might get an intro or just do a, and reach out on LinkedIn, but take the time to make it super valuable. For example, I just sent an email to somebody in Ukraine and I asked a friend of mine to translate my message into Ukrainian to make sure it doesn't sound crappy using Google Translate and that it sounds kind of, you know, with slang and, and fun kind of like, you know. And so then we worked on it and then I sent that message out um, I hope to get a response because I hope I stand out from everyone else who is emailing this person. And so mm -hmm. just getting a sense of like who this person is, if they're traveling, they so you see some pictures of their travels or something on their social media from a few months ago or something, you might mention that in the, in, in the intro of the email. Um, and always value upfront, like, hey, I'm ready to share your content. I'm ready to promote your content. Would love to see how we can work together. Um, or if you have a, co a common connection, something like that, that you're always, you always need to bring value to the table to start the conversation. Um, so generally yeah. speaking, yeah, that's what I typically do. <laughs> okay, I got it. Uh, can you share about guest posting? What do you think about this technique? Does it work or it's better to avoid it? Um, no, guest posting works. I think it's, um, it's worked so well, so many years uh, for me. And it's, I think it's still one of the tactics that still works. I think, um, in terms of get like, for me, I, I write on Intuit. I write for Forbes, Entrepreneur, Wire, TechCrunch, Fast Company, like a lot of columns. And for me, what has changed since 2007 is the value of the content and the clickability of the link that you put in there. So um, a lot of people understand that links drive rankings. And so you need to add your links in there so that they actually serve the reader, not serve you because you think that you're going to get SEO juice. If the links are serving the reader, then you will get an SEO juice from them. So when you do guest posting, you need to think about a couple things. One is, what is the publication all about? So say like right now, um, I have an article on dark web scanners, right? Because we were talking before the conversation and mm -hmm. hey, I'm really into like protecting my privacy. So I rank number four for the word dark web scanners, which is a pretty competitive keyword. And I wanna rank number one. So I want to get six more links to this six quality links so i could go and i i can ping like oh i don't know like any kind of generic blog out there like smallbiztrends.com and say hey i'd like to write for you guys um i'd like to write about security right and i can write an article about security and i can put it up there and in the article i can casually in the third paragraph link up dark web scanners and say hey here are some great dark web scanners so to me, I think I'm doing a good job. In terms of Google and overall juice, it's not a really good fit because small business trends 
is a very generic publication. They cover everything under umbrella of business trends, right? So it could be, you know, HR, it could be operations, it could be anything under accounting and business and PR and, and maybe some security things in IT, but, you know, it's not the best fit. Like it is a link from a high authority site, but it's not the great fit. So if we turn that around, we go to like, say, McAfee blog, right? McAfee is all about antivirus and spam and fraud and those kind of issues. And I write for McAfee blog and I write about dark web scanners and I link that up. The link from them would be way more powerful than a link from there, right? Or, or, or Wall Street Journal, New York Times, right? Never like Wall Street Journal, New York Times are nice, but it's just too generic of a site to really give it the boost and the juice and the authority to pop it higher. So you can go mm -hmm. and you do like 10 small biz trends or you can do one McAfee, right? But it's going to take you a while. It's going to take you longer to get that McAfee post up. So that I think about the topic overlap. I also think about where the link is and what other links are in the article, right? So these days, a lot of links enter articles. Like sometimes editors want those in. Sometimes people add them in. The more links you have, the less equity that your link actually has in the article where is it placed is it above the half of the article or is it in the lower half of the article also matters a lot so when i think about guest posting there's a lot of things that have to go into there and they have to just be right because you're putting in so much effort i mean you're, you're probably three months four months just to push that thing out on a really you know good domain authority sometimes it's two months but if you're putting all that effort in there you better be worth it you know so Topic overlap needs to make sense. Your link needs to be in the top half portion of the article. The article shouldn't have more than like five links in there or something like that. Yours should be probably one of the first ones. Um, it needs to serve the reader. So like if they click on it, they understand that they're going to check out other dark web scanners and they actually should spend time on your site. The worst thing you can do is just kind of casually put it in there and it kind of makes sense with the anchor text, but when they click on there, they're a little surprised. They're like, oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know that this was it because this happens all the time too. You actually want them to click it and have a good experience on your page. And that's what's going to help, right? Um, it sounds trivial, but most people kind of forget when they think about link because everybody's thinking qu quantity. And if a month went by, you only got one link, oh man, like something is wrong with you know, if that link is McAfee, you can probably rank on it, you know, much easier than getting six or 10 from like small business trends or something like that. So I think a lot about quality when it comes to um, guest yeah. posting. Yeah, today it's important. You, uh, I completely agree. Even more, you know, uh, when you write a guest post, uh, it, uh, your guest post needs to bring value, a lot of value, because uh, even website owners can uh, interlink to this content. Uh, you can earn some external links to your guest post and increase value, you know, yeah, increase uh, the weight. Uh, I want to ask you about link building campaign uh, without link building campaigns. Uh, when you create uh, linkable content, 
can you tell how to create this content uh, where we need to pay more attention? And uh, yeah, uh, for example, uh, it's not the purpose to get traffic. It's more about to earn links naturally. What do you think about that? Yeah, sure. So my first acquisition was an acquisition by Google as a company called Polar. And mm -hmm. back then we just had a polling app that allows you to poll your users for different questions that you have. So you might ask them, what do you like better, PlayStation or Xbox? Or you might ask them, what do you like better, coffee or tea or anything? And so the problem was that we needed the volume of users and we couldn't figure that out. And so um, creating content that attracted links took a while to kind of brainstorm, right? So sometimes we would just, you know, come up with ideas like, what about the data for customer service professionals or data for security professionals? We can have all these polls and all this data. And what ended up happening is that we would brainstorm these ideas. We take months and months to create a nice page with tons of data on it. And by that point, we try and pitch a lot of people and some of it might get links, but it wouldn't be kind of like explosive. And so what we ended up doing is uh, marrying the news cycle with data. So a lot of news happens all the time and we needed data to back things up all the time. So when, you know, um, iOS was being updated to a new iOS version, we quickly put up a poll and see what people think about the new iOS. If Xbox was coming out with a new PlayStation or PlayStation was coming out with a new version or a game or something, we quickly create a poll and would compare. And so the, this data that was live, we'd initially eventually try and email to the journalists and get them to include that data inside their articles, giving us a link. And that's how we were able to grow so fast uh, and eventually get acquired by Google. It was 40 million page views. Um, so page views, like a view of your poll uh, by the time we were acquired in 2014. So that experience uh, sort of paved the road for me and how I think of creating content that naturally uh, attracts links. So um, data that is sort of missing for journalists and bloggers. And I'll give you like an example of the we, we had a company where um, Just Reach Out is the company that I started that helps you pitch journalists. It was acquired in 2020. Um, but um, one of the customers was this company called IC Cars, who I befriended and I ended up consulting. Um, and so um, when the GM recalls were going on, uh, General Motors was recalling all those cars, um, it was very hard for reporters to have one area where it had all the figures of all the different models and all the recalls. And so we just combed through all that data, created one page that was easy for people to kind of reference all the time uh, because there was a lot of reporting going on. So it's more or less of it's a little bit driven by the news cycle, I think, if you want to attract organic links without too much outreach. For now, for right now, for example, um, student loan forgiveness, um, there's been some news about the government pausing that, right, the Biden administration. So um, there's a lot of news being generated, yet people don't understand, like, what does it mean for them? What happens if their loans are paused, forgiveness is paused? When would it be unpaused? So examples and data, having like a cohesive page with everything that's going on, all the news in one place and data in one place might be really valuable. 
So it's really like creating a product. You're, you're, the, this content that you're creating, you're creating a product. So you need to find the need and you need to kind of verify that need by talking to people who are consuming the news or as a subject matter expert in that area and say, all right, there's a, a real hole or a real relevance gap. That's what I typically call it um, on Google, where you need to figure out why your content is going to naturally attract links. People are going to be able to link to it easily. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can't avoid one, one question, you know, about uh, how to create uh, company or products that big companies want to buy, you know, like Google, uh, other big companies, because uh, I'm not sure it's simple. These companies have their resources, their teams. Uh, that means you need to provide a strong reason, you know, very strong reason, you know, to why your, your company is valuable for them and they can't create such companies because, you know, right now we are working on our tool. Uh, with our team and we are going to create content uh, with artificial intelligence for example when you uh, put website to your uh, to our uh, to our tool and it's scanning and can uh, uh, most tools provide uh, recommendations what to fix but we are going to create tool that will write text you know for, <laughs> according to these recommendations i don't know how long does it take but uh, our goal is not to sell to google uh, but our goal to create some valuable tool but i'm interested how to create such uh, companies <laughs> that sure. google wanna buy <laughs> well um the first one was more organic thing we just were really popular and google was building google plus back then it made sense with this app my second acquisition, Just Reach Out, that was purely my app. And it was 2014, I started, 2020, I sold it. I actually ran a process of finding the right people. And um, I built it in my with a mind of like, I wanted a somebody who is an entrepreneur like myself to buy this product. And so um, I wanted to find an SEO-minded person who can take it and scale it forward. And so I looked at people who were operating other SaaS products in my space, because I was a SaaS uh, product, just reach out, it still is. And I wanted a small, like two, three people firm who know how to scale. And so um, that's what I ended up uh, sort of doing in terms of, um, and I, you know, if I didn't get an acquisition, I would have still done the product. If I knew that I, a good test to, to, to question to ask yourself is, hey, would you, you still be doing what you're doing if you knew that you weren't going to get an acquisition or any huge big outcome out of it? And if the answer is no, you might have to rethink it, right? Because you want to be doing something that you just get pleasure out of it, not just, you know, you're doing it just to sell. Um, so I did have in mind of who I want to sell to and at what point um because there are like there's a company out there and there's a couple of these where they will basically build the product with you and then buy the product from you so they're kind of like investor partner who will grow the product with you they'll keep continuously give you capital to keep building the product and at the end they buy you but you know if the outcome doesn't hit the marks that you guys both set out for then they just take a minority stake in your company so I have talked to a lot of these folks. Um, I, I'd say like 
I'm starting my third company now, right? Uh, it's going to be called Topic Ranker. It's an SEO space. It's in um, keyword recommendation. So it gives you actual keywords and the reasons why you're going to rank for them easily. So it does a lot of analysis around your domain authority, what you can possibly rank for compared to what's out there. And it gives you very specific keywords that you will have no trouble ranking for without that much links. Um, so um, right now, what I have laid out is like, I have these really tight relationships with big names in the SEO space, right? They, you know, like people that have trusted me for a long time and they follow what I do. And so they're interested in what I'm doing next. And, um, I've made those relationships and, and friendships before I'm even starting a company. And so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm having them, I'm introducing them to my product very early right now. I don't, I just have Figma. I just have the design for it and my developers are developing it, but I'm already sending it to them and asking them for feedback. When you ask for feedback, you get person's mind share. They remember what you're doing. And as you continuously implement the feedback they give you, maybe you don't, but at least you keep asking, then they become part of your circle. They follow your journey and they see you, how it develops. And then it's not foreign to them to talk to you about acquisition or something like that. And so just by asking for feedback from a valuable target who might buy it from you and keeping them close, even if they're, they're not an investor, they're not an advisor, they're just informal friend, like informal advisor or friend will help you sell the product later on. The more people like that you bring close to your circle, those people might even become your customers at the very you know beginning of it. Um, also finding the right partnerships, you know, um, SEM Rush has an app center that allows you to feature, use their API. And if you're using their API for your products, feature your API, uh, your apps in their uh, community and become, you know, popular and, 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 you know, become a part of their community. So things like that, if you're building an SEO app, you might want to, you know, look into. So it's really creating a list of people that you think might be good potential buyers and be listing reasons why they might be good potential buyers besides talent acquisition, right? How is your product capitalizing on them? A good potential buyer is when you see there's not a lot of update on the technology side for their, um, you know, product, you look at their product and you see there's not a lot of great updates. The design sucks and it sucked for five years or the app, you know, isn't doing that great but it's a large team or, or a team that has, you know, capital to, to acquire something new or a team that you see is actively acquiring companies, you know, um, those different qualifications for that kind of stuff. But you should be thinking about that if you want to exit, uh, you know, uh, which some people do, some people don't. So it's up to you really, but there's a process of like starting early, finding the right people, putting mm -hmm. them into a circle and then, running the process as, as you build your startup, you know, with that in mind, mm -hmm. like, do you want to exit in five years and 10 years? Mm -hmm. How's it going to go? Yeah. Valuable. Uh, can you tell what kind of future future are you expecting from new building? It will work or, uh, because, you know, I often get, uh, no, like the question, uh, link build, do we need link building? Uh, it's still working or not, uh, your expectations. Uh, I know it, it works today. It's important today. But what about future? What do you think about that? 
Well, I think link building has changed so much since we started, we were talking about 2007, these days, 2022, it, it needs, I think it, it still works and I think it's going to continue to work, but how we define link building needs to change. Link building mm -hmm. is not an artificial pr practice anymore where we are adding links to content and trying to rank, right? Or creating new content with artificially placed links. It, the, it really becomes, these days, it's organic content that is where the links, if, if you're getting links, those links are getting clicks. And that's the best way to, to really check the, the type of work you're doing. If your links are getting clicks that you're placing, and by placing or building, I mean like if somebody is adding links on another domain to yours and those, those get clicks, and after those clicks, people are spending the time on your site, then you're still doing something valuable and it's going to drive juice. Everything else, I think, now has become kind of old school practice that people should just forget about. So, mm -hmm. sure, I think it still works. It's going to continue to work, but I think um, it's going to become harder for people to include links that actually work. People will still continue including links, but the type of a link and the, the quality behind it is going to take much more time to to get to so you're going to see less links but more valuable links most likely that are going to um, drive results for people so mm -hmm. and you're going to see a lot of frustrated seos and and link builders that are going to deliver 10 links for two thousand dollars or 10 links for five thousand dollars and um you know that client is going to say this is not helping me but you know do better i don't know and that SEO is going to say, I'm, I'm just doing what I used to do. You know, that you've got these 10 links and never mind, you know, that each one of those articles has, you know, 20 links in it. And your link is, you know, in the fourth paragraph, I got those links. Right. And so people are going to start realizing this and it's starting to happen. I feel like it, it will be happening more and more now where somebody's going to get a link and the client is going to say, ah, that I don't like that link. And the SEO is going to say, I, what do you mean? I've been doing this for years. And say, well, it's not in the first half of the paragraph of the article. And this article has seven links. I kind of wanted four and I wanted one, one out of four. Right. And so I feel like that, that kind of stuff is going to happen. It's going to start happening more and more. And what we used to do even years ago, like 2019 or 18, doesn't cut it anymore. You know, like, it really needs to be quality uh, if you want to compete and, and really, you know, scale for keywords that have volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have uh, uh, someone who has name guest bloggy. <laughs> yeah. We still believe that guest blogging works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for submitting this uh, <laughs> comment. Uh, okay. I have the question, for example, if someone want to, uh, be an expert like you to learn more about link building. Can you tell, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, it's changing and we need to consider new uh, ways of uh, earning links uh, to create such content. Uh, what to learn? Because we know, for example, if we type on Google link building techniques, we can get a lot of obsolete information about that, some uh, shady techniques. 
how to filter out, find uh, the right, uh, good strategies and jump with them. Provide more insights about that. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of information about link building. And um, the way I filter out information is basically whenever um, they're talking about personalized approach and, and meaning if the tutorial has somewhere in step two or three creating a list of contacts that is really a generic type of approach, I usually throw that away and discount it. And um, I'm more of a seeker on the sort of like one-to-one -one quality email where you're doing manual outreach to a few people at once and looking at like unique ways to start conversations. So Ahrefs has um, a Bible of link building techniques. It's a, ton, a huge document. It's on Google Docs. And uh, Timo there is a good friend of mine. And so he's um, emailed me many times about that document, adding things, removing from it. Um, I still think it's, it's a great resource to just browse through because it's got so many different ways that I find new ways that I haven't even tried yet, you know. And some of it is old school, like scholarships and things like that, that don't really work anymore, uh, that they're updating. But I overall think it's a pretty good resource. Uh, Brian Dean is a good friend of mine. He was one of the first customers of Just Reach Out. Uh, and uh, we've become close friends ever since. Um, he's got a wealth of information on link building that I trust. I just trust Backlinko because he's just done it so long and he never does anything spammy or scammy. Um, and, you know, Matthew Barbie, he's, he was from um, HubSpot. He's been my one of my first customers as well. I just reach out and he's got a decent following, good blog, an SEO space that I sort of trust when it comes to, to link building. In general, though, like, I stay clear of most uh, blogs out there. SEMrush guys are also good friends. Um, so if, if they put something out, I look at it. Um, they're also Russian and they also live or work right down the street, not too far from here. Mm -hmm. So we meet up. Um, so between SEMrush, Ahrefs, and Backlinko, I kind of don't venture too, too far out. Uh, there's so many professionals out there. Uh, but in terms of like actionable advice, I think that should probably do it for you. I mean, they have their blog and resources. There's so much info on those. And you can take the backlink course, which is part of SCM rush course now. Um, but mm -hmm. that information is just great, you know, um, and I, I just hang out on those um, on those three sites. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, Dmitry, thanks a lot for your time. You know, you share a lot of value. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Sure, yeah. Criminallyprolific.com is my site. Um, so prolific, it's criminal. So my wife helped me name it like ages ago, criminallyprolific.com. And you can just check out everything I'm doing there. I got all the links to all the different tools that I run and my academy and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But... But yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice, nice. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure, a big pleasure to learn from experts like you. You know, yeah, a lot of valuable nice. insights. And guys, uh, ask anything, reach out to Dmitry, follow him and learn a lot more because, you know, you can get value. And our main point to get value. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.